What is going on, everyone? I thought I had little energy to this podcast. Yup, it's scriptwriter Steve. Today's February 9th, 2021. 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I'm blasting the music. All right, that's enough of that. What is going on, everyone? What is cooking? <laughs> I thought I'd do that just for fun. Um, don't worry, it's free play music. It's on freeplaymusic.com. I got permission to use that entire thing uh, right here for my podcast. I thought that was great. Guess what? That name of that song is called Satanic Secrets. <laughs> what kind of is it? El Mariachi Band, a Satanic Secret? I have no idea. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. <laughs> okay, so today. Uh, barbecue to movies. I have something completely different, you know, to talk about. I am not going to talk about politics. I know I've been, that's what I've been talking about for like the longest time. Uh, I just want to get out of that, you know, like, uh, you know, it's too much sometimes. It's just really, really too much. And uh, I wanted to talk about biking, bicycling, road biking, not motorcycling, biking. So uh, I know a lot of us during COVID, the COVID lockdowns, we got into biking. I've been biking for a long time. Just to let you know, I've been biking since maybe right before I actually started getting into screenwriting. So that's maybe 18 to 19 years old. And even before then, of course, when I was younger, I would always ride my bicycle all the time, all around. Uh, I was much more of a BMX biker, but I was never one who actually... Uh, I guess entered contests and I couldn't really jump ramps really well. And, you know, there, are, I have a friend who was, uh, pretty close to being a pro BMXer and I've, I've met a lot of really, really good BMXers. I who wall ride and do all these things on the half pipe. I'm not one of those. I was never one of those. Um, I'm more of what they called, um, back then I would en- engage myself into a, a sport called trials. And that's pretty much like BMX trial, uh, BMX riding, except it's more of a Tai Chi version of BMX. So just imagine for BMX, the, the goal of the game is to go as fast as possible. Well, for trials, you go not as slow as possible, but your bike is usually standing still and you're pogo, pogo hopping the bike like a pogo stick, right? Onto a rock and then onto another rock. And then you're keeping your balance by hopping in place. And then your the idea is to go through these pre-made obstacle courses without putting your foot down. And it's really good for... Um, I guess, exhibitions, and I did a lot of those when I was about 19 or 20 years old, uh, and I made a lot of new friends from there, and uh, it was just a really great time of my life, and in fact, um, I started I, I started trials writing maybe right after I started screenwriting, maybe a year or two after, and then um, when I went back, when I came back to Hawaii, um, I, I got I got me I made more friends who was who were into trials riding, and this is when the big mountain biking craze was going on. And then I um, basically moved up to the mainland for about two years or so to try to make it as a screenwriter. And at that time, I would also do a lot of trials riding. I would uh, I lived in Long Beach at the time, and uh, then I would uh, travel drive my car literally up the maybe an hour or so up to the UCLA campus late at night, around 9 p.m. at night or, or 10 p.m., and ride around their campus uh, because there were other trials riders there. I had friends there who were trials riders, and we would just hop a, hop on all the obstacles there. Uh, security really didn't care. I really didn't see security. I mean, I, I really never got kicked out of there much at all. And and, and then uh, you would just ride. There was a place down there, I think down there off the, the campus, uh, that all the local... Uh, I. 
or no, not the local, but all the students from UCLA, uh, they would go there to actually eat eat there at maybe one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. And it was great. So we go there and eat like all these burritos or something. I forgot what it was, but it was really great. Uh, loved the whole, whole thing. Came back here to Hawaii, kept on trials riding. And then I uh, got into road biking after I saw this woman. Um, well, hold on, before that, back up. I also, when I came back down to Hawaii, and I started my other company, we got into weddings and everything like that, and, and we're doing productions and television productions at the same time. We would, I actually bought a road, not a road bike, but a street bike. And a street bike is pretty much like a mountain bike, but it's modified so you can jump up, jump off stairs and, and jump over a lot. Of, it's just made for jumping. And my, my really good friend and I, uh, we would just go on these adventures still at late at night and we wouldn't ride trials anymore. Or we, we, we would now and then, but these bikes weren't made for trials. And we just ride through the, you know, everywhere throughout the entire um, island of Oahu uh, in the back alleys and the corners. And, and we have all these great adventures that, and, and we stay out till like, you know, from until like 4 a.m. in the morning sometimes. And it was, it was really, really great, you know, riding. We would ride our bike and jump it over homeless people, <laughs> jump it over stairs, jump it over trash. And and then we run away from the cops too. We, there, there was like, we I mean it was a regular thing with bike riders or or, or BMXers or or anyone like that or even skateboarders is to run away run away from the cops. And I tell you what, when you're on bike, you can run away from the and you know what you're doing. Running away from cops is like you do it so often. And I I have some oh boy I I, I have some adventures to tell you about. Or should I even tell about it? But yeah, we we ran away from the cops, and then by the way, then I, that same day, that same morning, we had a meeting with the lieutenant governor um, about like uh, how we were going to shoot this uh, this uh, video experience for her, where where uh, she she claimed to coin the term high tech, and uh, my my friend and I, who were also both videographers, we were the ones who shot that. So and it, and maybe about uh, thirty minutes before we shot that, we were actually downstairs in the lobby. Jumping on, jumping on um, the, the the picnic benches there, and getting chased away from the sheriffs who were downstairs, and then we were upstairs at, at the lieutenant governor's office. But uh, yeah, a lot of great adventures, and then from there, I transferred into road biking, uh, and I did that because, uh, well, I love to actually ride um, up hills. Um, that's something that my other friends didn't like to do, but I rode up these hills, and then I. And I, I don't want to insult anyone here, but there was this really big fat woman, really big fat woman, maybe 300 pounds or so, and she's riding up a road, riding on a road bike, and she's going up this hill, which I would, all, and I thought I would go fast because I could beat my friends up this hill, and, and they're all in shape, but I'm riding up the hill, and I can't keep up with her. And then she turns her head and smiles at me over her shoulder, and I said, Oh my God, like road bikes are that much faster going up hills. <laughs> and right then and there, I went up to Craigslist. I found a good road bike that I thought, okay, this looks really good. And I bought the road bike. I spent $1,200 on it. Uh, it's still the same road bike I use to this very day. And, um, and then from there on, I could, you know, go up hills way, way up like with a lot more ease, a lot faster, and I could bomb hills a lot faster too. Uh, it, it was, it was, it's just great. And uh, ever since then, um, I, I guess because I got older, I can't ride trials anymore. I, I guess my, my trials bike broke. I, th I think I still want to get back into trials, to be honest, and maybe still do a, some, some uh, street biking here and there. I'm 43 right now, going on to 44 pretty soon. Uh, but, 
you know, uh, but I do road bike a lot and I love road biking. Um, I road bike with my cousins, my friends, uh, road bike for long distances. Uh, I've only crashed on my road bike once, um, which is like a lot less than I would crash on my trials bike or my, uh, or my, when I go street biking. And, uh, but it's, it's been a new experience for me in this podcast. I'm going to talk about road biking specifically. I'm I'm going to give you a lot of tips uh, from my perspective. Again, I'm not a professional cyclist. Um, I don't enter in road races, even though I bike a lot faster than a lot of the road bikers out there. I race a lot of them, by the way. Uh, we I, I go down to Lagoon Drive, which is right down, uh, I guess, right on our island, and it's by the the runway, and then the the by a reef with the reef runway here in in Hawaii by the airport. We have a runway that's made on the reef, by the way, so we call it the reef runway. And uh, the wind is very strong there, but there's, I think there's about a three or four mile stretch, uh, just a nice big lapse. And there's a lot of triathletes there, a lot of uh, road bikers there that go on there. And usually I can keep up with the best of them or beat the best of them. And a lot of them, a lot of them ask me, what's your Strava? I want to know like what, what kind of records you're setting around there. And I told them, well, I don't do, use Strava, I use Runkeeper. But even then, um, you know, my records are on some things are good when some things are like not good. Um, but usually I, I average about anywhere between on a good day, around 18 miles per hour, the laps. And that's in a pretty heavy wind. Um, and then if I, have a, if I have low wind, I can get up to around a 19 to 20 something mile per hour average, uh, which is very, very fast, by the way. Uh, that, that's if we have low wind. Uh, in Hawaii, you can't find low wind. Sometimes if it's really, really high wind, then my average will drop to around 15 miles per hour. And then again, if you have a lot of traffic lights around the area, then it goes down to around 12. Um, going up hills, not very fast at all. It depends on which hills we go up. Maybe about five to eight miles per hour going uphill. But, uh, but still yet, I can stick. I'm a pretty big guy now, about 230 pounds, six feet. And uh, I, I do plan. That is COVID weight, by the way. And that is also football weight. Uh, football, eating, watching TV football, not like playing football. Uh, but I feel like an like a offensive lineman the way I'm eating. But then it, this is actually watching football, eating while you're watching football, riding the bike and hoping that burns off the calories, which really that doesn't help too much. And then, and then uh, that's how I gained my weight, that and COVID, right? Just staying still. So anyway, I want to talk about, you know, I'm just going to give you some good tips overall on road biking. And because I think we're all into that now, now we're all into it, but you know, most of us are getting into that. And uh, I got some really good advice for you on how to go fast, how to climb hills, uh, how to ride very safely. And uh, things to look for when you actually are starting out. If you're if you're just getting into road biking, uh, there are certain things that you should look into. Um, now, as far as myself, again, I'm not a pro at this. I'm just very good at it. And uh, and if you ask anyone, they'll say, "Well, Steve is pretty good at this." I know even I even know how to work on my own bikes pretty well. Uh, the one thing I can't do is build a wheel. I can't build a really really good wheel. I've tried and tried and tried. Uh, that is an art by itself. So, uh, and by the way, uh, uh, it'll, be, it'll be one of my first tips about wheel about wheels. You need a really good wheel builder. And um, but I'll get into that. Got to cut the commercial, guys. Uh, so hold on, wait for the commercial break. See me on the other side of that commercial break, okay? I will talk about road biking and everything cool from there. All right, guys.
What is going on everyone? This is your favorite complainer in chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome beautiful touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. Listen to that music. That's road biking music for you. Oh, you're ready to learn about road biking? I am ready to teach it. Okay, that's enough about that. All right, enough of that. Enough, 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 enough. Okay. All right, welcome back to Barbecue Two Movies, where apparently today we are talking about road biking, and we're going to talk about. Everything from how to set up your bike, how to buy a bike, riding the bike, shifting gears, turning, going fast, and then finally riding up hills, okay? So, I'm going to make it as interesting as possible. Now, let's, why don't we first start off with buying a bike, all right? Let's going to start with buying a bike. Now, number one, uh, I'm not going to get into the technicalities of it and uh, things and how you should fit your bike, uh, but number one, there, and these are this is pretty much common sense. You want to be very comfortable on your bike, extremely comfortable. So how do you know that? You, you get on the bike and you ride it. So even if you go to a bike store or you find one off Craigslist, right, you have to get on it and then ride it. Don't just try to buy a bike online and just say, oh, I hope, I hope and pray to God that I'm very comfortable on this bike. You should actually head down to the bike shop or if you buy one on Craigslist, physically get on to the bike and then ride it. All right. Now, the, and you may not feel entirely comfortable on the bike. And for example, if you don't feel comfortable comfortable getting off on the bike, I mean, just pretty you're you're on a pretty a frame that is too big for you. Uh, if you feel you're kind of riding a circus bike, that means the frame is probably too small for you. And uh, so, just really feel, you know, how comfortable it is when if you can stretch yourself out on it. If you feel very small on it, you really want to just again. It's about feeling very comfortable, like wearing a good pair of pants or wearing good shoes. That's how comfortable you want to be on the bike. Um, the more comfortable you are on your bike, the easier it will be to go fast, to turn, um, you know, to, to do anything on there. And, uh, and don't try to follow the trend, all right? And this is a really, really important thing because too many road bikers, uh, they really try to follow the trend of what the racers do. And this is what I, my advice you know, forget the trend. Um, go again with what feels good, what you feel is good, and what fits your riding style. Uh, for example, you know, a lot of pros, a lot of road bikers, they do they do clip in. You know, they do clip in. They have the, the clipless bikes. I mean, clipless pedals. 
I have clipless pedals, right? But I'm very comfortable using the clipless pedals. Now, before road biking, I never did, but I did switch after the fact, and I feel pretty comfortable with it. You know, it's, it's not one of those things. But if you, I actually feel a lot more comfortable, a lot more, have more, a lot more stability with uh, just platform pedals on top of there. So if I had a choice, I would actually use platform pedals on my road bike, uh, especially if I, I were just going around there and just, you know, you know, just riding for fun. Because you actually do have a lot more control over, you know, um, I guess with your road bike with regular platform pedals than you do clipless because you can maneuver your feet side to side uh, with a platform pedal. And uh, when you can do that, you can do things, cool things like track standing and all those different things where you don't, you don't put your feet down. But anyway, just make sure you're very comfortable with the bike, um, the, the stem length and the, the stem length and then the, where the handlebars are positioned. And if you can, go down there with a friend who knows about how to fit a bike, uh, how to fit a bike uh, uh, um, on a person, all right? Not just a person who just rides. Uh, know for a fact that go down there with a person who knows how to fit a bike. So for example, um, if, if like for for example, because I come from a trials background or a BMX background, um, and I I know for a fact that if I if I want a, a bike that I can jump a lot easier, I want to I want a stem that has some rise to it. I want the handlebars pretty high, so when I lean back and then push my feet forward to get that front tire up, um, I'm my weight can shift backwards a lot quicker, right? But again, for a road bike, we don't we don't want that. We want the weight a little bit over a uh, little bit over the front cranks. Just a little bit over, like a like an inch over, so we can put some weight into the pedals. So, and we don't want to be too, you know, extended over there with a long stem. We don't want to be reaching too far down. If you have a bad back, you don't want your your stem to be reversed, which is you know the way a lot of pros do it. They they take a stem that has some rise on it and they reverse it. So they so the 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 handlebars are actually below um, the the I guess the, the front bar, and they're in this very aerodynamic position. But that's not very comfortable at all to ride for like four hours. And you're riding that up a hill, it's, it's not good. And stability, hmm, not good. I ride actually with, with my stem reversed. So um, again, because I come from a background of trials and BMXing, I, we always had a rise to our stem. And when I had the stem reversed, when I bought the, when I bought the, um, the road bike, it was reversed. And I swear, I almost flew over the front of the handlebars. Uh, <laughs> I reversed it, and then I'll, then after that, I bought a, um, a a graphite rise. It has small a, a little rise to it, um, and therefore, and it I guess really improved my riding style, uh, and was a lot more comfortable that way. So again, go with someone. Number one, find a comfortable bike. All right, and uh, go with someone who knows how to tune a bike if you if you can. Uh, everything is tunable with a bike, and every little thing actually matters when you actually uh, 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 make it more comfortable. Even to the de- the, the the degrees of where the handlebars are, are are either a little up or a little down, the way the the um, the brakes are, the brake calibers are, um, even to the seat, if the seat can be pushed forward or back, uh, all, and even the degree of the seat, it all really matters. It matters a lot. Uh, just one degree, it matters, and you can feel it. Now I remember the, they had, they had this. Uh, I think Lance Armstrong said he could feel it if his if his um, seat was one degree off. Anybody can feel that. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Um, it's like when you when you drive a car, right? 
and then somebody else like moved your sat in your seat and moved the seat just a little, right? They're the same height, but they moved it just a little. You get into your, your car, you're like, whoa, some, somebody touched my seat. It's the same thing with a bike. Same exact thing. So again, like same thing how you drive a car. You want that seat to be as comfortable as possible, right? You want your bike to be just as comfortable. You want to make sure that if you have a bad back, you know, you want to be sitting more up on the bike. If you can be more arrow, then be more arrow. And you have to be... um and you have to know what you're going to be using this bike for, all right? So for me, um, just if you're curious, uh, I ride with uh, short cranks, um, 165 millimeter. The, the standard is about 170 to 175. So we're actually taking 10 millimeters off the length of the crank, and that actually affects the leverage of each pedal stroke, by the way, but it makes the, cir- the, the circular motion a lot shorter. Now, the reason why I can ride with 165 is because I rode with a lot shorter cranks. I rode with 150 cranks on my trials bikes, and they're specifically designed um, cranks for trials because we wanted each each um, we wanted the the um, each pedal kick to be at a very very short stroke, and we wanted our, our our center of gravity around the bottom bracket as much as possible. But it's not the same uh, with road biking. You don't want two short cranks because a shorter crank takes away leverage from each pedal stroke. Uh, too long of a, a crank, it doesn't. It, it makes your each pedal stroke not as um, I guess not as fluid. So there is a balance point. Most people, I think, one seventy two uh, would be a very good to start off with. Um, but I ride one sixty five, and that is on the shorter side. But I have heard that a lot of people on the tour happen to ride with that. But that's not the reason why I ride with it. Um, as far as my seat goes. Um, I do ride with the, the middle part, just cut out from the middle, uh, so that it looks like a huge hole um, is in my seat, and that's just because I want to alleviate pressure between my legs, uh, and, and this, it really, really does help. So if you're a dude and you say, hey, I, I, I have too much pressure going there on the nutsack, um, and uh, that, that little cut out there, it really, really helps. Um, I'm not even joking about that because it, you know, it helps on those long, long ass rides. You want that pressure to be alleviated. And when you wear these um, bike, bicycle shorts, there's a pad inside of it. So if that seat is just sticking it up in, in between your crotch, you know, over three, four hours, it really makes a big difference. Huge difference. Um, and then on top of that, I ride with my, the front of my, uh, my seat, maybe one or two degrees down little little down so I'm falling toward my my pedals in the front and that's because I want to put some weight into each pedal stroke um, just a little of my weight and not too much right um, as far as my handlebars I do raise my my uh, my brake levers a little on the higher side so so uh, it's, it rides a little bit higher so I don't feel like I'm falling over the front of the of the ram horns and the way I and the reason why I do this because it's just for comf- for being a lot more comfortable on it, you know, so when I'm in there in the arrow position, I don't feel like I'm falling over the front. And, but secondly, I do it because, um, I find that I can actually turn a lot more aggressively while standing up. Uh, um, I guess it just helps a lot more. And then on top of that, when I'm standing up riding, which I do a lot, I am a stand up rider, which is like people say that's not the proper technique, but again, go with what's comfortable with you. Um, it does put my hand, hands in a better position, especially when I'm climbing up these very steep hills. Okay. So that's that's it is for the setup of your bike. You can always again every little thing counts, okay? Um, don't and don't follow what everyone else does. Make sure it's comfortable for you because again, the more comfortable you are you are on the bike, 
the faster you can ride, the better you can handle your riding your bike, um, and then you'll ride a lot longer. That's the most that's the most important thing to ride long, uh, not to worry about how your bike feels or what everyone else is doing. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. All right. So next thing, next thing, let's uh, talk about riding. Now, first of all, let's get into the actual riding of a road bike. You have to be a little. You have to when you ride, especially a road bike. You have to be aware of two major things: cars and then potholes, okay, <laughs> and cracks in, in the in the in the sidewalk or, or everything. Be very careful when you first start to get into riding. That little lip that transfers between the road and the sidewalk, that if you're not used to riding a bike, you have to approach that at a pretty steep turning angle because if you just try to move over like how you shift lanes in a car, um, your back tire will catch and you will eat it. You will literally, you know, you'll eat it on the first day that you ride your bike because your back tire will catch and then you'll it will slide out and then you and if you're clipped in, you're just gonna, you know, just you're just gonna eat it, and and, and you're gonna be hate, you're gonna hate riding. So that's the first thing. Um, yeah, in fact, screw the pothole, pothole and cars things. Master going onto the sidewalk really well, and just and then make sure you turn onto when you turn onto the sidewalk, turn at a very deliberate forty-five degree angle, or even a ninety degree angle. Sometimes you know, go in there perpendicular, perpendicular when you can. Um, don't just try to ease ease into the, ease into there like how you're changing lanes in a on a freeway. Um, when we bike, when we street bike, we actually bunny hop over these lips because we're very scared of our back tire hitting it at the wrong angle at these speeds. So we will actually jump our bike literally a, a, a millimeter right over it. You know, just 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 enough so we don't get caught. And um, so just be very careful about that. Okay, I'm not even joking about that. That's that's how a lot of people crash on their first day of getting a road bike. Now, secondly, again, cars and potholes. Uh, always scan for cars and potholes. Uh, you have to kind of have a spidey sense and look over your, your back shoulder if you hear a car coming. Don't go riding with earphones in your, in your ear, okay? That is the worst thing you can do to ride. You need to hear the cars coming, motorcycles coming, or the sound of air. Sometimes you hear the sound of air or cars revving right behind you. Um, sometimes when you go up these hills, you have people, you have kids who are like, uh, who like to drift in the, in the corners and you can hear them screeching their cars. If you had earphones, uh, if you had earphones in, you couldn't hear them screeching around the corners. And when you hear that, you got to get on the side of the road and, uh, you know, get on really on the side of the road because these kids will actually run off the side of the road and into, and into a wall. Um, it's happened. I've seen it actually happen right in front of me where they, they're coming down and they're, they're being stupid and they just run straight into a mailbox and straight into a wall, you know, and then just, just like get, get, to get, like, you know, take off right after they do it, you know, hit and run. Um, so you have to be very, very aware. Okay. Uh, secondly is potholes and, and on top of potholes, uh, look for, um, oil patches, slippery um, areas um, like where moss has actually grown over the, the road. Uh, this is very, very important because road bikes are very thin tires, right? Even if they're a little thicker these days, they're still very thin. They're not as good as mountain bike tires or even road or even uh, street bike tires. Um, that that bike, the road bike, is very sensitive. It, it skates very, very easily. Okay. Now, as far as riding, it's very important now that you choose the line that you want to ride. And when I say line, that's the ride that, that's the path that your bike will take. 
you choose the line that you ride way, way in advance. So I, I usually um, choose the line as soon as the road is appearing on the horizon. So if I see a, a corner appearing on the horizon, I, I, I already am thinking, you know, how do I actually ride this line? Okay. And then I get myself into, into position way before I need to. Okay. And, um, and because I, sometimes I, I'll even pre-ride that line, uh, you know, just, just in case if I'm going to bomb a hill, I want to make sure I know how to choose these lines. All right. It's very, very important. Um, especially if you're bombing it, you want to make sure you say, well, you know, on this turn four, there's a pothole on here. So I, I can't choose this, this line, or there's some moss on this corner. So I can't choose that line or I have to really, really slow down. Okay. Very, very, very important. Okay. So now let's go into shifting gears. Now shifting on a road bike is pretty much exactly how you do it on a standard car. So if you, if you drive standard, you're pretty good. You have a pretty good knowledge of how to shift gears on a bicycle. It's exactly the same thing, except you're the engine, right? And you have so much amount of torque, so much amount of RPM. Now, just remember, you don't have an unlimited supply of torque. So as, now even though you can pedal, you can, you have the muscle to, to push that harder gear again, like an engine, you know, the acceleration goes down slower. So you always want to start off, you know, in a low gear. And then you work your way up and you, and you shift it as you feel your RPMs of your, of your, of your feet are going faster and faster. You say, okay, I can, I can shift here. I can keep my RPMs low. And by the way, the goal of the game, at least for me, and it, you know, a lot of people, a lot of um, road bikers, they like to keep high RPMs, but if you keep high RPMs, in my, in my opinion, you, you actually um, burn through a lot of energy pretty quick. So be very, uh, I guess, fluid with your with your RPM with, with your pedal stroke. Uh, you don't have to always have high RPM. You can have low RPM and then just kind of embrace each pedal stroke and then have your bike just cruise along. I've done that before, and uh, I've saved my legs doing that. Okay. Now, now as far as when you shift the gear, it's really important to let go on the pressure. Like, don't try to smash your gears or put a lot of pressure on your pedals um, when, at the same time when you're shifting a gear. Ease up on the, uh, on the weight on the pedals. Um, sometimes even sitting down and just, if you're clipped in, just allow it to, to freely spin. Um, th that's, when you, that's when you should shift a gear. Now, when you get really good at it, you'll be able to shift your weight. Say for example, for me, when, I, when I'm standing up, I can actually change my gears while standing up because I know when the gears are actually gonna be shifting and, and with, with, with each pedal stroke, and I can unweight myself in that one, that one area where I know for a fact that the gear will actually shift. So, but it's very important that you unweight your pedals as much as you can um, before or at the same time when you shift, all right? So that's very, very important. Don't, if you don't do that, you know, you can pop the chain, you can actually, uh, uh, it'll be a very hard shift. Sometimes it won't even shift for you, especially if you're going up hills and you have a lot of pressure on there, it will not even shift for you if you're in the wrong, if you have too much pressure on the pedals, all right? So that's for the shifting gears part, guys. Okay, so now why don't we go into turning? Okay, turning, 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 turning. Um, turning it's kind of common sense in a way, okay? But 
here are some tips. If you're going to go into a turn, usually you start from the outside and turn toward the inside. Okay, that's number one. Never start from the inside of the lane. So for example, if I'm going to turn right, I am not going to be on the right side of the road. I am going to be as left as I can get. Okay, and if you get too left, right, then you're going to go into oncoming traffic, so, so don't do that. But try to get as left as you can and then t- make it a sharp turn into the corner, all right? So you, always, you always want to turn from the outside to the in. That's, you know, and that's how you'll see they do it in NASCAR, they do it in everyone. It's more, you need to do it more so in, um, in biking because the bikes can't, they don't have a very good turning radius, especially if you ride with a longer stem, that if you ride with a longer stem or if you have a longer bike, if you have, if you have a bigger bike frame for you, that bike will not turn that well. Um, so here are some tips. You know, here is a tip to actually uh, to turn the bike better. Now, as you go faster, you can't turn the wheel. You have to lean into the turn. Now, road bikes can't lean very well. They, so don't try to lean them like a motorcycle. Um, be very careful because... There's not much, there's not much road, uh, there's not much road bike tire to lean on. Okay, you can actually lean your bike to a point where it has no grip whatsoever, and that bike will just shoot out, shoot out from you. Um, yeah, one of my friends, we, we tried to test it, and yeah, you can actually do that. Uh, people said, "Oh, you can't do that." No, you can actually do that. Um, and um, as far as turning, what you want to do is you want to put your your um, center of gravity over to maybe the um, the, side, the side that you want to turn to. And you do that with your knee. So for example, if I want to turn right and it's a very sharp cr- corner, um, I would stick my knee out. And when you stick your knee out, the bike just goes. It just follows. You don't need to turn your wheel too much. You just lean. You stick your knee out. And all of a sudden, you'll see that your bike will just really just carve a nice corner. And be very careful when you, when you start learning this because the bike will res- respond very, very, very quick. So if you want to turn left, use your left knee, all right? And on top of that, you want to actually raise your inside pedal. So if you want to turn right, the right pedal got to be up, and then we, then we stick out our knee, okay? So don't make your right pedal down, because the right pe- if your right pedal is down, then it will scratch the ground. So, so turning right, right pedal up, stick out the right knee a little, and then watch that bike carve that corner. Okay, when I say carve, we're talking like a really good switchback, and this is how you actually turn the corner really, really well. Now, number, number three, which, which is also important. Well, actually, I don't have no idea what number I'm on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just freewheeling this, guys. Um, let's see here. When you turn, make sure you bleed off all of your speed in the straightaway. Do not break around the turn. Okay, you can if you're breaking around the turn, that means you actually didn't bleed enough bleed bleed off enough speed, and uh, it's really important. Now, if you're not sure how fast you can take that turn, then always side on on the side of caution, be on safety, right? Uh, because if you take it too fast, then you're not going to be able to stay in your lane, and you may even you may even actually ride off on the side of the road. Um, you've seen that happen. On on a I guess on the Tour de France when they're bombing hills and there's just some guys like I think his name was Nairo Quintana and uh, he couldn't bomb a hill for beans I mean he was like one of the worst descenders ever he would choose the worst lines and he would go into a corner way way too fast and there's a point with a road bike when you go too fast it won't you can't slow it down fast enough because there comes a point where the bike just won't slow down 
meaning if, if you hit the brakes really hard, it's just going to skid. And when you're skidding, you're not slowing down. So, and then all of a sudden you see yourself going into this wrong line. There's almost nothing you can do about it. And um, so it's very scary when you're in that wrong line, going to a corner too fast at the wrong angle. And you know for a fact, well, if I hit the brake, yeah, I'm going to just skid, but the bike's still going to go. And then Naro Quintana goes flying over over the rail. It looks like, yeah, he's done this how many times? And I've seen, I've even seen Chris Froome do this. Um, they're just horrible. I mean, Chris Froome, though, he got he got better at at um, at bombing hills. But he's still not as good as Peter, Peter Sagan or anyone else like that. Um, but anyway, going, going back to like how, how you should uh, turn, you have to make sure you bleed off all. Of, if you're going fast downhill or even just on, on a regular road, bleed off all of your speed. And you're going onto the sidewalk, right? Just say we're not even racing, right? Bleed off all your speed before you take that turn. Don't hit the brake around the corner. If you have to hit the brake around the corner, just feather it just very lightly, um, a little bit on the front, a little bit on the front, very, very slightly. You don't want that bike to bike the, the wheels to lock up or, or break out. And it's very, very dangerous if you brake around the corner. Uh, a lot of times, sometimes even I have to do it because I messed up. But that's when you know you, you basically messed up. So, and, and the t- correct technique, if you ever can corner really, really well, it means you, you went into the lane the the, the um, you, you went as fast as you can into the corner, hit the brakes as much as you can before you turned, and then right at the apex of the corner, that's when you stand up on your bike and you and you just pedal out of that corner as fast as you can. So you, you, you have enough momentum to actually get you out of that corner as fast as possible. So that's when you do it do it right. And you don't have to hit the brake around the corner. You actually stand up when you get out of the corner and then it, you accelerate yourself, get up, get, get yourself back up to a really high speed on, on, the, on the straightaway as fast as possible. And that's where you can actually gain uh, on, your, on your competitors. And by the way, when you get really good at this, you actually go down faster on the hills than cars and motorcycles. Uh, there's a lot of hills here in Hawaii uh, because we live on a mountain. And uh, going down Tantalus and a lot of these hills, uh, motorcyclists have tried to race me down the hill and uh, I burned them. You know, it, you know, I go way faster than them, and they're like, they're like so surprised how fast it can go. But it's not really a pro thing or anyone. Once, once anyone actually masters going downhill, and you don't even have to be that good, you're going to be able to go faster than cars around corners and and um, not straightaways, but the corners. Okay, so that's the, that's the thing about riding. Okay, so look up, scan for potholes, cars, watch the sidewalks, make sure you choose your your line that you're going to ride way in advance. And then on top of that, you know, shift your gears, uh, very light, light on the pedals, shift your gears like you do a, um, a standard car. You know, when it gets, in fact, even when you come to a stoplight, downshift, like how you downshift onto a car, you get it into first gear. You're never, you're not going to start off on a red light on fourth or fifth gear, right? You're going to start off on a lower gear. You do the same thing with a road bike. You actually get into a lower gear. So you see the stoplight coming up, shifting, or, or you see everyone stopping in the peloton, you get into a lower gear, and that way you won't have to stand up too much, or you have to waste too much power getting, you know, getting your bike going. You know, sh- treat it like a standard car, like a manual transmission. Turn, turn with your knee, bleed off all of your speed in the straightaway. You know, don't try not to tur- uh, brake uh, during the turn. If you do, feather it very, very slowly. Okay. All right. Now, now about going fast. Let's talk about going fast, and we're talking about bombing a hill. Um, 
Okay, so bombing a hill is not for everyone. Okay, if you're scared of actually going down a hill, then don't do it. Okay, it, it is it when you go down a hill, it feels fast. It feels way faster than a car. Uh, when, if you travel 30 miles per hour on a on a bike on a road bike down a hill, it feels like you're going 70 on a car or maybe even 80 on a car. So I've gone the fastest I've gone down a hill was 63. Um, it, that felt faster than than any time I've ever sped in a car um, because it, I mean it's really 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 fast. Now make sure number one, make sure your bike is very healthy when you do this. Okay, um, know your health of the bike. And know the health of the road. So don't go bombing a hill if that road is unhealthy. If there's moss on it, potholes on it, there's cracks on it. Um, if there's oil slicks on it or, or there's a lot of debris on top of that hill. Um, there's one hill here in Hawaii in, in Makakilo. Um, that's where I hit the 63 miles per hour. And I could have gone, I think, 72 if I really wanted to. Um, but I was going way faster than the cars going down there. But because this is, this is such a steep hill... A lot of the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, the, uh, the rubber from the tires of other cars, because they're always braking, is are, they are on the road. So the road is actually pretty slick. So going down at 60 something miles per hour, um, your bike, my bike was actually skating around the corners. And it was actually, I could feel it skating in the straightaways too. So, and there's, there comes a point where you're going around 50, 50 or 40 miles per hour, 40, 50 miles per hour. If, you're, if a car cuts right in front of you and you hit the brakes, you're not going to be able to stop too well, and especially when the slicks are on top of there. So it was very scary going down 63 miles per hour. Um, it, was, it was very, very scary. And then on top of that, um, there, there's a chance to get speed wobbles, especially if your, your bike is not actually very healthy. And uh, my bike was, uh, because I had, a, um, I had straight-laced, uh, I guess, uh, wheels in the front, um, and I uh, was a little bit heavier, I started to get some speed wobbles. So I, I just did this, I think I did Makakilo maybe about, I think earlier in, um, before, right before COVID, and I had really bad speed wobbles. And then plus that road is just so slick and oily now. I mean, it's really, it's so slick that even cars um, are actually skidding down that hill. It's really not good. Um, so I, I decided I'm not going to ride that hill anymore because it's just not very healthy. Uh, it's very, very scary. So again, know the health of the road. Uh, if, if, the, if that road is not healthy to ride, then don't bomb it. Okay. And now secondly, know the health of your bike. Um, they're both just as important. Make sure your brakes are really good. Make sure your, your wheels, you know, can actually hold up to the abuse of going fast, right? Make sure, you know, your wheels are, no, are, are not close, to, you know, are not close to being, you know, worn down. Um, you know, you know it shouldn't, your tread should not be showing, you know, the, the material between there, uh, I guess, between the rubber and everything. None of that white stuff over there when you start wearing your, your tires down should be showing. Uh, very, very important, guys. Uh, make sure your, your tubes are, are all nice and uh, all nice and fresh. Um, just, just a lot of precautions because you, you don't want to crash at 40 miles per hour plus or even 25 miles per hour, per hour plus. Um, you know, I only had one crash on my bike and it was at 10 miles per hour and I got cut up pretty bad. Um, 63 miles per hour. Oh my God. I couldn't not imagine the helmet makes no sense. The helmet's wearing you for protection. So again, when you, uh, go really quick, um, you have to really watch out on a, how you bleed off your speed. Uh, there, there comes a point where you can't bleed off too much speed when you're going down hills because, um, when, for some reason 
you, you do get speed wobbles if you bleed it off in the corners. So again, don't carry too much speed into the corner. If you're going to bleed off speed, make sure you're in the straightaway. If you start feathering it in the corner, your, your bike will start to shimmy a little. Um, I've been on all different road bikes. They all start to sh start to shimmy a little if you're carrying like, you know, a good 50, mi 50 miles per hour plus into the, into the corner and you start hitting the brakes. So make sure you don't, you know, you, you, when you carry that speed around the corner, you don't hit the brakes. You just have to live with it. And because speed wobbles, people just get, you know, once you get speed wobbles, you can't, you can't use the brakes anymore because the more brakes you use, then, then the worse the speed wobbles get. Okay. So, uh, my, again, be very careful. Bleed your speed out in the straightaway so you don't get speed wobbles in the corner because that's where they usually show up. Um, and again, use your knees to turn. Simple. Same thing as regular turning and going fast. Uh, on top of that, here's the other thing too. Um, when you go fast down the hill, uh, you get into your aerodynamic position. That's usually the best. Don't stand up. Um, and put but you still want to keep your butt off the saddle just a little, just maybe about an inch or so, and then have your have both your your hand your your um your hands on your front, uh, I guess on the ram horns, but be very, I guess light with your um your grip, but still strong. So still keep that. You, you want to be in this very aerodynamic position. Don't don't white knuckle your your handlebar, but still keep very a good hold of it because. Sometimes you'll hit like a, um, I guess, a, a little bump in the road where the tire would just want to turn left and right really, really quick. And, and you, don't, you, you want to be able to keep it strong. So make sure, you know, make sure that that front tire stays straight. You know? And if you're not careful in any of these things, again, you're going to crash. Okay, so probably scared you on that. You're probably not going to go fast. But <laughs> it, again, it's reserved for the daredevils. Uh, like myself, who just you know like to go fast, and it, it, it's something else. It's really, really something else when you go fast. And uh, and I always tell myself, oh, I'm not going to go bomb the sail. Then I, I end up bombing it. You know, um, average speed around my place, around my neighborhood, I bomb the hills at around 42 miles per hour. Um, the speed limit is 25. <laughs> so it's it's going, and that's pretty fast. Trust me, it's it's, it's pretty fast. Um, but it's it's a good payoff to when you're. You know, you, you're riding up all these hills. Okay, so let's get into riding up hills, okay? So here, here's my opinion. You know, going fast downhill, there's really not much skill to it, and it really doesn't get you too far away from the competition. And now, I've, I've raced some people before, like not in official things, but we raced from, from, from point A to point B. Everyone can kind of go down fast at the same rate. You know, there's a lot of people who, who, like, who are like me, want to race down the, with their, their hair on fire down the hill. But even if I can't go that fast on them, where you make up your most time is uphill. And most of the time, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because people who can ride up hills really good, they don't like to ride downhills a lot. Um, it kind of balances out. And, and people who like to go down fast can't ride uphills. So usually if you have a guy who knows how to bomb a hill really well, he can't really ride up a hill that good. For me, I'm I'm pretty good at going downhill, not the best, you know, pretty good, maybe in the top 10, 20%, but riding uphills, I'm also in the top 20, 10, 20%. So when you race these other guys, you can beat them down the hill or get or get them, you know, you get pretty close to them. And then when you go up the hill, you kind of just beat them up the hill. Now, that's where the big gaps, like in the Tour de France every, and, and, uh, and all the races, riding up the hills is what separates the men from the girly men. All right, uh, it, it, 
And uh, it really does. This is where all the big gaps are made in time. So if you can ride up a hill pretty good, more than likely you're going to win a stage race. More than likely you're going to win a race. Um, so number one, again, ride at your own pace. Okay? You can sprint up certain hills, right? And usually if you can see the top of the hill, it usually means you can sprint up it, right? But then again, that's not a, you know, you can't apply that rule to all the hills. There are some hills that are so steep, you just have to take your time, even, if, even short ones. But if you can't see the top of a mountain hill, of, of, a, of a hill, that, that means it's a mountain climb, um, then you, you can't sprint up it no matter how hard you try. You're just not made to do it. So you have to know how to pace yourself. And riding up a hill versus a mountain is very different. You know, riding up a hill, you can kind of use momentum. Uh, you can use, if you're riding down a hill, you can use that momentum and, and, and gear changes to like, Use your momentum of, of your, your momentum and also muscle to get over the top of the hill. But for mountains, like say for example, here in Hawaii, we have Tantless, um, which is a 1500 foot climb and it'll take you maybe about, you know, in my, in my best shape, I was able to do it in around 23 minutes. Um, uh, I think the record for that is 12 minutes, which is crazy. I'm not sure how they actually go up that fast. It takes me about 15 minutes to get down. So just imagine that. They're going three minutes faster uphill than downhill. Something tells me <laughs> someone took a Strava and rode a moped up there with it, but I can't prove it. But that's what the, that's, that's what the, um, the record is, like 12 minutes, 30-something seconds. That's insane. But I've met people who went up there on, on – on, um, they, they, uh, they ride, what do you call it, fixies up there. So they don't have a lot of weight to themselves, and they just – Man, they just climb like you wouldn't believe. But anyway, uh, when you have these big um, hills, ride at your own pace, okay? And even if you have a small hill, ride at your own pace and gradually you'll get faster and faster and faster. Now, riding hills are pretty interesting because it's kind of like chess. You have to know when to give, when to give, you know, when, when I say when to give, like when to pedal harder and when to rest. And there's always times to rest and then pedal harder. Um, but the main thing is that you have to you, you have to guess correctly. And one of the the, the funnest thing I the funnest things I like to do is to ride a hill for the first time because you don't really know what's around the corner. And I was telling my cousin the other day, and it was, when I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were riding it. And I was telling him, man, like, uh, have you ever ridden a hill before? And my cousin is a beginning, you know, um, road biker. Have you ever rode a hill and you turned the corner and you kind of gave it all your all you had, but as soon as you turn the corner, you're looking for a flat. You're predicting that the hill will crest around here, but then all of a sudden you just see the hill just jet up, just jet up, and you know for a fact you're in for you're in for hell. So we're riding around Salt Lake, and lo and behold, this actually happens. We make a we make a right turn, and it's already pretty steep. This hill is pretty steep, and then the hill just kicks up right from the horizon, and uh, he he got. He got like like a, a taste of what I was talking about, and he just he just like said, "Oh my God, this is horrible!" And he just uh, he he gave it all on the on the bottom of the hill, and uh, he didn't have much left in the tank to go up the steep part, but he made it to the top, which is great. Um, if my cousin is listening, good job, really good job. So, uh, but then but then I had I had some left in the tank, so I was able to to actually uh, get to the top faster than him. But, but it was, that happens and I love it. I love the, the strategic, I guess, aspect of riding hills and there's no one correct way to do it. It's just all strategy. And that's why 
when you watch the um the, the Tour de France, it's really really fun to watch the strategy on how you ride uphills. Now here's a really really uh, uh important thing to realize: you can actually draft up a hill. They say it doesn't make a difference, but if you draft, I'm, I'm talking about if you're staying maybe about a centimeter or an inch away from the back tire of someone, man, it, you can feel that person pulling you up the hill. And, and, and I, I would do that. To, uh, that's why I got some of my best times. I actually followed people up tantless who are a lot faster than me. And they tried to get rid of me, but I kept following and following. Them. They kept pulling me up the hill. And then, and then at the last, at the last, like, I think the last like quarter mile, I just got up, I got off, off up off my seat. And I just sprinted past them because they're busy pulling, pulling me up the hill, trying to get rid of me. And I just kept, I kept on their back tire. I was like a monkey on their back. So if you have someone there and you know how to draft, um, really like, you know, take advantage of that. Oh, I should talk about drafting right now. Oh, wait, I'll wait until after I finish the hills. Okay. I'll talk about drafting later on. So here's another tip. Um, embrace each pedal stroke. So when you start riding up hills, be very aware of every single pedal stroke that you actually put forth. Um, it's pretty much like, um, uh, uh, like, like, like doing a rep on a weight or or leg press, um, you don't want to put more than five pounds of pressure, uh, I guess, on on the pedals when you go down. Even if you're standing up, you don't want to put more than five pounds of pressure. Um, and, and again, it's okay if you if you're um, slow going up, you just don't want to put more five pounds of, of pressure more on each pedal. If you if you do, you'll get you'll burn out really quick. So what, what so what happens if you're going up a hill and you're putting say maybe ten pounds or, or fifteen pounds of pressure on the pedal, you want to downshift. Even if you're standing up, and so me, I'm a stand-up climber, but then I also want to keep very light on the pedals. But because I'm not pedaling as fast and I'm standing up, when you, when you stand up, you don't pedal as fast. A lot of people who, who sit down do get a little, you know, they do actually pedal, go up the hill just a little faster than me, but they end up losing because I'm more comfortable standing up. I do end up catching them up, you know, maybe about halfway up the hill. So now learn what type of climber you are. You know, do you stand up or sit down? Now, for me, I stand up. I stand up as much as I can, and this is something you kind of have to train yourself for. But I've been because from my BMX background, my trials background, or my street biking background, we stood up most of the time. Um, but I still had to train myself on a, how to stand up on a road bike. Uh, I train myself like um, every week, where I just stand. I ride hills for about twenty, thirty minutes, and I just stand up. And it works, if you stand up, it works your core a lot better and you're, you, you, you start building a lot bigger arms, your legs get a lot bigger because you are using a, a lot more muscle, but you get a full body workout when you climb this way. Um, it, it's actually, to me, uh, if I had a choice between stand up or sitting down for the workout purposes, and we're, not, we're not talking about speed, I would try to stand up more just to work it out, work out my whole body. So we're talking about working out your, your triceps, your, your biceps, your, your, your abs, your, your, your chest. Most people can only stand up for maybe about 10, 10, 10 to 15 seconds. And trust me, when I first started, I had to work my way up to where I am now. Again, I can stand up for about 20 to 30 minutes of hills. The whole time, I'm just standing up. Um, and, uh, and I, but that didn't come overnight, even though, uh, even though I had... Um, I had experience from before, from my previous um, biking days uh, of, of standing up, okay? So, 
But even on long climbs, like when I'm climbing up tentless, I tend to sit down about 70 to 80% of the hill. And I only really stand up at the very, very end as I get, because again, you do use way more energy when standing and you have to be very strategic about um, climbing a hill because you never know how much energy you have when you get up, get up on that hill. Even if you feel great, the moment you get on the hill, you say, man, I don't feel good. You know, I, I really don't feel like I, I could really attack this hill. Um, and then sometimes you attack the hill, in the hill in the beginning and you give up too much and you have nothing by the time you get to the top. It's better to have more of a reserve when you get closer to the top. Um, and you just want to pace yourself up strategically. And don't worry about if people are, are, are passing you because they may actually be giving up too much in the beginning. And most, more than likely, they're not going to be able to maintain that pace throughout the entire, um, the, the entire hill climb. Now, some, some of them maybe are just, just be really just maybe better climbers all, you know, all together than you. But again, that doesn't matter. You know, if they're just really great climbers, they're, you know, they're just a better climber than you. That's all. So just again, ride at your own pace and you'll get better slower, slowly and slowly. Okay. So anyway, let's talk. The last thing here, we'll talk about drafting. Um, now drafting makes a huge difference. Uh, wind makes a big difference. When you start biking, you're going to notice that wind just sucks and riding into the wind, um, is probably, uh, the most, un- unenjoyable you know, feeling you ever get. And it's because when wind goes over you, it creates a vacuum or a suction that's right behind your bike. And what happens is that that suction is so strong that it's actually pulling you back, like as though there's a rope around your waist. So the faster you go, the stronger the wind, more than likely, it's not just the wind that's hitting you, it's the vacuum that's pulling you back. So if you have two bikes if you, if you have a, two bikes in line, that vacuum is diminished. And two, bike, two bicyclists drafting each other because it reduces the vacuum can actually go against the wind a lot faster than one biker. Okay? Now, here, here's the thing. When you draft, always keep your, your finger on the, front, on the front brake, all right? And watch the front tire. Watch how, how close your front tire goes, okay? And... You'll notice you won't have to put much pressure on your pedals to keep up with the front with the with the person who's in front. So this is where you actually actually can gain a lot of uh, energy. And when the time is right um, and you have enough energy, this is when you can shoot past them. And then because and, you, and you'll see them start slowing, slowing down. And this is when you can actually pass them. Uh, a lot of like um, bike races are basically they're won on your ability uh, on your ability to draft. Uh, this is why you have a really, really strong teams and they can actually pull a Peloton forward and, um, and uh, the other teams which don't have a very strong team will get, end up getting tired, right? And if you can actually split the Peloton between strong riders and weak riders, then the gap between them, they can probably never make that up for the entire tour. Uh, this happened a few times when in, in crosswinds. Uh, I, I I believe Alberto Contador's team, Team Saxobank, Saxobank um, they actually had split the peloton on a crosswind, not a hill, a crosswind. So right around the corner, huge crosswind came, and they just put the pedal to the metal right there. And there was a gap that I think that happened of, of about two or three minutes between between uh, Alberto Contador and then Chris Froome. And this is when. Again, Alberto Contador had this huge... Now, going into the hills, this is before the hills, Alberto Contador built a two-minute lead on Chris Froome. And Chris Froome couldn't make up that, make up that difference throughout the whole, um, through, through the whole tour. So, 
it really, really makes a difference. You don't, you don't have to actually, uh, you know, um, you know, to make that time gap, you don't actually have to go up a hill, you know, to, to create a time gap. It could be actually made through drafting. If you draft really, really, really good, really, really, really well, and people are, people are just not aware of when you're going to put that pedal to the metal. So if you have a team of like five or six people, and then you say, hey, around this corner, we know there's crosswinds, and you put the pedal to the metal, there, people can't actually close that gap. It, even if they're by themselves, they, they will not be able to close that gap. And your team of six just takes off from the peloton in a crosswind, and that one person doesn't have a team around him, especially when you're amateur racing, <laughs> you're not going to be able to catch him up no matter how, in, how great of shape he is in. Okay? So, again, how do you draft? It's just a matter of riding close to the back tire of someone, um, especially if the wind is going straight forward um, straight down, straight down against you, right? And uh, you, you, you basically just ride as close as you can to the front tire. That's really it. The closer you are, the the you know the less wind you have. Now, if you have a crosswind, it gets a little bit more you know complicated. You just want to use that body as a as a shield. So you, a lot of times you could be if the crosswind's coming from the left to the right, you can actually be on the side of him. On, on the right side of him, using his his body just to block block some wind off your front tire. It makes a big difference, by the way. And imagine if you have a lot of those people, like we have six six people protecting your your prized hill climber. And when you, by the way, if you ride in a team, you're always the team's the, the goal of the team is to protect your best rider. So if your best rider is a sprinter or a hill climber, you always want him to be in the back. Drafting in the back, you never want him to be in the front pulling everyone. All right, so and it, it makes that much of a difference because you know you again you just want that person fresh. And now, how much does it make a difference? Well, you'll see in a lot of stage races that you see these people in the beginning, they'll they'll just break away from the entire entire pack right in the beginning, and the peloton will slowly claw its way back, and then end up winning the race. And then sucking up these people, especially if it's flat land, the peloton will eventually absorb everyone, uh, absorb the people who broke away, the breakaway, almost all the time. Now, that's not the same if there's hills, right? But if it's a flat, the peloton will mo more than likely, 99% of the time, catch up with the breakaway and then just eat them up, eat them for lunch. And because the peloton is just so fresh, and again, you're talking about, you know, 50, 100 plus riders and they're all drafting each other and they're drafting each other to a point where they're going so fast that they don't even have to even pedal that much a lot of times because this huge peloton just sucks them through there. I mean, I rode with, you know, again, uh, there, there's some weekend bike rides and they have a huge peloton, 50 people. And again, it's not a very tight, tight pack, you know, over there, but we're just riding and I'm going about maybe about 19 miles per hour. I'm not even pedaling. <laughs> it's great. It's great for you get no workout whatsoever. But you you can ride like nine, you know, 19, 20 miles, and you're and you're just like, oh yeah, I'll pedal here, I'll pedal there. You know, it's, it's you're not really getting that much of a workout unless you go to the front where you end up pulling the entire peloton. But who the hell wants to do that, right? <laughs> I'll just save myself for the hills. So anyway, that's about it, people, for my biking podcast right here i hope you enjoyed it uh and uh yeah no politics today just all biking hope and uh i think i'll do maybe another one of these maybe i'll go i do one on um how to buy a bike uh how to buy a really really good bike off craigslist what to look for 
All right, everyone, that's about it for now. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget, you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies. Thank you.